Hi everyone, this is Pastor Brett from First Baptist Church here in Cherryvale, Kansas, and I want to welcome you to our Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Our prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through His Word for His people. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to join us for our celebration service every Sunday morning at 1045. It's a great time of praising our Lord and hearing from Him. We are just a group of passionate followers of Jesus Christ with a desire to worship Him and take His message of hope to the heartland. If you want to find out more information about our church, you can look at our website, www.fbcherryvale.org. My sermon will begin in just a moment, and thanks again for listening. Bible this morning and turn to the gospel of Mark chapter 10. As you're turning there, I'm sure that most of you heard this old familiar rhyme as you were growing up, Humpty Dumpty, right? You've all heard that. You know how it goes, remember? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. Now, I've got to venture that that's probably not something you thought you'd ever hear from this pulpit on a Sunday morning, right? Think about it. Humpty Dumpty was this egg. He lived in a kingdom. He was cheerful. He was chipper. He was sitting high up on his wall. He never had the fear of being poached or scrambled, being boiled or being fried. He never had the concern of being put into an omelet or being whipped up in a meringue. Humpty Dumpty, he lived the good life. He's just sitting high up there, looking over all the townsfolks as they went on by. He didn't have a care. He didn't have a concern. But one day... There's one day as he sat up there, sat up on his wall, something happened. Now, we don't get a breakdown of the story about what really happened, whether or not maybe he had an argument with his wife that morning, and maybe she became so angry she went out there that morning and tried to scramble him. Or perhaps he was upset with a neighbor, and the neighbor was upset at his attitude of loftiness sitting up there on his wall. So he sent his boys out there and attempted to crack him up. Maybe he received a bill, a bill that was so astronomical it caused him to split his yoke. Maybe he found out that his daughter was pregnant. He became so angry that he popped like an overboiled egg. Maybe he lost his job, causing him to tumble. Maybe he just got so sick that it simply broke him. Maybe he got cracked up because maybe he was just strung out on crack. I don't know. I wasn't there. But something happened on that morning to Humpty Dumpty. But then what happened? Somebody called the king, right? They called the king to come over and to try to put this egg's life back together. Who here has ever dropped a raw egg? Come on, fess up. Come on, fess up. I know there's more than that that have dropped a raw egg. So many of us, we've seen what happens, right, when you take a raw egg and you drop it. It splatters. It shatters all over the place, right? Imagine now that attitude of that king and his men. They show up. They see this egg on the ground. They're thinking, what a mess this is. The shell probably broken into a million different pieces. The egg mixture, it's probably starting to sizzle on the sidewalk below. The yolk, it's probably speckled with all kinds of gravel and dirt that it picked up. The king and his men, they simply gave up and they left Humpty Dumpty sitting there in a heap. Now, you're probably even thinking more, what in the world does this have to do with anything that we're talking about this morning? How is Humpty Dumpty? How is that even scriptural? Think about this. Think about your own lives. Think about the lives of your family members, of your friends. Think about the lives that are broke down and beaten. Lives that are shattered, scattered, tattered, and battered by life as they live it. Their lives, they appear to go from this life of victor to the life of a victim. Their life, it lays in ruin. We try and we try to help them, but we're unable to rectify their situation. So, what can we do? You see, we too, we should be calling on the king as well. But... 
we're going to call on the one. The one who can raise up what was beaten down. The one who can bind up what has been broken. The one who can repair what has been ruined. And the one who can deliver what has been devastated. And what those local yokels, what they couldn't put back together again, the Almighty God, He can do it in your lives. He can do it using the very ones many times that tore your life down. So many times we're like Humpty Dumpty. We're looking around. We're looking for anyone and everyone, but we're not looking for that right one, for the one that can truly help us. It may be that Humpty Dumpty, maybe he tried to pay the king. Oh, I'm just going to give him some money, X amount of dollars or whatever, thinking maybe he could possibly tithe his way into buying his wholeness again. Maybe he decided he was going to call the presiding elders or the bishops thinking having these right connections, having the right people in my life, well, that could make me whole again. Humpty Dumpty, he might have told the pastor, well, just put me on the church rolls, okay? And he's thinking, well, being a church member, that's what's going to, even though I seldom go, even though I don't really support the church, put me on the roll will make me whole again. Humpty Dumpty. He might have done a lot of different things in his life. But it's apparent in all of his doing, he didn't get an understanding of who the right king was to petition during his time of trouble. Oh, poor Humpty Dumpty. He called on many, but none were able to put him back together. His church legacy was baseless. His giving was fruitless. His prestige was pointless. All because Humpty Dumpty didn't know the true king. You see... We're all like Humpty Dumpty. The only way we can be put back together again is to allow the real king to do the mending in our lives. Some of our walls, they are higher than others. Some of us are a little more clumsy than others and we fall a little more frequently. Some of us, we already have new pieces on us because the old shell was too battered. But the bottom line is this. Those who believe in the one true king, they can get put back together again. You see, it doesn't matter how large or how small your fall. God has the best super glue in the world to put you back together again. And that's the blood of Jesus Christ. This morning, as we look at our brokenness and we're talking about, can God heal me? We're going to do this by looking at the account of Jesus healing a blind man. Let's begin by reading our story this morning. Please stand in honor of reading God's word. We're going to read from the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. This here is the story of Jesus healing the blind man Bartimaeus. And it says this. And they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, we know this is a simple story of Jesus healing. And we want to look at it. We want to take it for granted. But I pray that we don't. Jesus does miracles every day. He can do them so simply, do them so easily in our lives if we just simply believe that he would heal us. 
whatever it is in our life, whether it's physical or emotional or relational, there's so many things that he could heal if we'd simply come to the king, the one true king with our petitions and our pleas. Lord, help us understand today how it is we too, we can be healed of anything that we're hurting from in our lives. may not be anything that we can see, but we know it's there and it hurts. We love you, God. We praise you. Let your words speak to us today. It's in your name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. You may be seated. Let me just begin by saying, you find it interesting that when we come to stories like these, these healing stories in the Bible, we tend to look at them and do two things with them. There's two different approaches. We either relegate them to the past, and then we try to spiritualize them. Oh God, yeah, he was great. He used to do those types of healings. The message there was that God, well, he was powerful. Or the other side is this, we overemphasize that point, making it the whole point of the ministry and the gospel of this healing. Say, brothers, all you got to do is you got to believe, and all God wants to do is heal you. But you see, these are real accounts that we read in the Bible. These are things that really happen that we read about, and they're there in that Bible for a reason. So this morning, we're going to talk about healing. Can God heal me? Can God heal you? Can God, can God heal anyone today? Can he? So what we're going to do is we're going to answer two questions as we go through our text. The first is this. Can God, can Jesus, can he heal you? And the second is this. Will God heal you? Will he do it? In our passage, we dealt with the healing, more specifically a physical healing, as Bartimaeus, as he got his sight back. But we're going to expand that definition this morning of healing to include other things, other physical healings, diseases, injuries, maladies, addictions, as well as emotional wounds, and even our relationships. When I ask, can God heal you? This is really what I mean. Can he heal your body? Can he heal your mind? Can he heal your relationships? If you're suffering from a disease, from an injury, any chronic condition, you may really wonder, can, can I ever be healed? Can God do it? And friends, the Bible has good news for us. While doctors and medicine, they are a gift from God. And he certainly, he can use those things to bring healing to our lives Understand his power, it is infinitely greater than any human wisdom or prescription. In fact, what does it say in Ephesians 3.20? It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. What we see throughout the entire Bible, God, he encourages us to do what? To call upon him. That's what he wants us to do. Call upon him for our healing. He says in Exodus 15, 26, For I am the Lord, your healer. And we call him what? We call him Jehovah Rapha, which is the God of healing. Psalm 103, starting in verse 2, says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? You know, there's some people that think, well, miracles, they do not happen today. God, he cannot heal. He cannot really do miracles. And what they do is they cite one particular verse as their basis for this. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 8, which says this, As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. However... What they're doing is they're taking this verse here out of context. You see, this passage here, it is referring to the return of Jesus. That's what it's going in. It's saying when he returns again, that's when we will no longer need those things. We won't need the prophecies. We won't need the miracles because we are going to be in Jesus' presence. But until then, until Jesus does return, the anointing power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are readily available to us in every situation in our lives. 
We hear all the time, people around the world, we hear that people have been healed in answer to prayer. Why does this happen? How does this happen? And yet some are more importantly asking, why doesn't it happen for me? Well, let's look at some of those keys. Let's look at what we must focus on to answer those questions. The first one is this. We must maintain a focus on Jesus. God's Word, it reveals how deeply He loves His children. And He wants us to have health. He wants us to have wholeness. In 1 John 4, starting in verse 8, look what it says. God is what? God is love. And in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Jesus added on to that in John 10, 10. He said, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Throughout his life, what we see is Jesus. He demonstrated what this abundant life means to his followers. And he did that for us today as well. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all have numerous accounts of how Jesus, how he healed people of serious infirmities and illnesses. Things including blindness, deafness, leprosies, seizures, and paralysis. He even raised the dead people back to life. Notice in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16, notice the word all in there. He says, he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. He then carefully prepared his disciples. He prepared them to perform the very same miracles. Look at Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 1. It says, and he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He indicates here that miracles were a sign of the kingdom of God that was to come, that was at hand. Saying in Matthew 10, starting in verse 7, And proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. When we go and we read the story of the Last Supper, knowing that Jesus was about to die within a few hours, He went in there and he wanted to impart some final words and encouragement on his friends. This is what he said, John chapter 14, starting in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then Jesus, just right after that, he repeated this bold pledge with an emphasis in the next verse. Look at verse 14. It says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. One disciple who personally heard this was John. He would later write in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. He said, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked Him. By His suffering, by His crucifixion, Jesus, He once and for all won our salvation, our forgiveness, our healing, and our eternal life. In 1 Peter 2, verse 24, it says this, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. In this, Jesus, He fulfilled the prophetic words of Isaiah. Let's jump back and look at them in Isaiah chapter 53. He said, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 here, Paul, he's encouraging us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Through his resurrection, the resurrection of Christ, we have a new life. Romans 8.11 says, And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Just before Jesus, just before he ascended up into heaven, Jesus promised his disciples that the Holy Spirit, that he would come to them. He would be empowering them to continue his ministry here in the world. Look at it. It's in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This was first fulfilled on that day of Pentecost in that same Holy Spirit. Understand, it is with each and every one of us today. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 tells us Jesus Christ, he's the same when? Yesterday and today and forever. He never, ever changes What he did before, he continues to do today. God is pouring out his Holy Spirit in our day and age. All that we need to do as his children is ask. Healing is among the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. Like I said earlier, I'm living proof that he still does it today. They're listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 9 as one of those supernatural gifts. It says, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the one Spirit. So first thing we must do is we must focus on Jesus. Under number two, what I want to look at, you must have faith in God. James chapter 5, starting in verse 14, it gives us very specific instructions about healing. It says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Then Jesus in Mark chapter 11 verse 25 said, And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone so that the Father may also who is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. These scriptures here, friends, they are good reminders to us that we should forgive others. We should seek forgiveness from others before we go about praying for our healing. Unconfessed sins, bitterness, grudges, they can block a miracle in your life. Psalm chapter 66 verse 18 says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Similarly, Paul, he warns us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 27 through 32 that Taking communion in an unworthy manner results in sickness. Dabbling in the occult, it is a barrier to God's flow in our lives. So I'm going to say if you're dealing in any of those things, astrology, witchcraft, or anything like that, you must renounce it and renounce it immediately and completely in the name of Jesus. Sometimes outward physical healing may not occur if the Lord, if he has something else that he wants to teach us, if there's something he wants to accomplish in our lives. However... We must be careful. We must not jump to conclusions about why someone else has not been healed. Job's friends. We read the account of Job and we think of his friends and we're like, yeah, I'm glad we don't have friends like that, right? His friends, they offered cold comfort with their judgmental observations during his time of testing. As the disciples, they once asked this in John chapter 9, verse 2. They said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
And how did Jesus answer? What did it say? It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. You see, friends, our task here is simply to ask God in faith for that healing to occur and then to trust him for the outcome of that healing. If fear, if it wells up inside of you, what you need to do is remember 1 John 4.18. It says, perfect love casts out fear. And we understand God, he loves us perfectly. In Matthew 7, 7, what did Jesus say? He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Now, if we go back and we look at the original Greek here, these verbs in this verse, here's what they really mean. Ask means this, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on on knocking. It's not a one and done thing. You continually do it over and over again. Jesus, he continued on down in verse 8. He said, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be open. He illustrated this principle for us in Luke 11, or verses 5 through 8. This is a parable about a man who kept on knocking on his neighbor's door during the night, knocking until he received the bread that he urgently needed. Look what Jesus said. He said, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he answered from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give you anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impotence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. One of those biggest keys we have in receiving a miracle is found in Mark chapter 11 and verse 22 to 24. The disciples here, we see that they're amazed to see this fig tree that Jesus cursed. It had completely withered overnight. Then Jesus simply said what? He said what? Have faith in God. Understand, God is the source of everything in our life, in our hope, in our provision, in our healing and our future. And then Jesus explains, starting in verse 23. He said, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have it, and it will be yours. Now again, understand, this is not name and claim it. This is praying according to God's will for your life. If it's according to his will, he will deliver. James chapter 1 verses 6 and 7 cautions us here, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Paul in describing the armor of God, look what he wrote in Ephesians 6, 16. He said, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. If people aren't quickly being healed, they may think that, well, I just don't have a sufficient faith. Or other people may think that about them as well. But even our faith is what? Our faith is a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, look at that again. It says, it reminds us here, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. We've all heard of Corey Ten Boom. She survived the horrors of Hitler's concentration camps to preach the good news around the world. And she would often say this about herself. She had only a little bit of faith, but that little bit of faith was in a great big God. 
So no matter how weak, no matter how frail or insignificant you may feel at times, remember that the Almighty God, our God, He is infinitely powerful and He was forever compassionate and understand He is also always with us. So first, focus on Jesus. Second, have faith in God. Then finally, you must believe a miracle can happen. Many people ask God for a miracle, but the key here is this. They admit this one requirement, the spoken word. God has given us the authority over diseases, over demons, over sickness, over storms, over finances. Matthew 10 verse 1 records that Jesus called to him his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. We're to declare the authority of Jesus' all-powerful name. How was it that Jesus put it, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus here, again, speaking to his disciples, look what he said. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done. That's what it takes. If possible, what you need to do also is ask other believers to agree with you for your miracle. In an act of faith, what we need to do is lay hands on that part of your body for healing. We're told in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. Friends, understand, God desires to strengthen and support you. As you pray, come against the enemy and command him to leave you because of Jesus' sacrifice because of what he did on the cross. We can enter into God's presence. We can boldly step up and speak to God and make our requests, make our petitions to him for our healing. Hebrews 4.16, look what it says. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Pray, but pray straight from the heart. Maybe you need to pray something like this. Say, dear God, I ask you, the creator of the universe and the great physician, hear my prayer for personal healing. I believe that you want me to regain my health, to regain my strength, and I pray that you would just touch me right now. Touch me with your grace and with your power. Please forgive me of any sin. Remove any obstacle that I have in my life, anything that could prevent healing of my life. If I'm angry, if I'm bitter against anyone, bring their names to my mind right now so I can forgive them completely. In your mighty name, I take authority, Lord, over this sickness and I want to rebuke it right now. I speak to this illness and I command it to leave forever in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I also recommit my life to you. I want to glorify you as part of my testimony. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. And as you speak to God, as you speak forth God's promises to you with an anointing faith and you believe in your heart that it has already happened, then you try exercising your faith by doing something that you've never been able to do before. We simply approach God. We approach Him with our petitions and we trust Him. We trust the answers that He has for us in accordance with His perfect will for each of our lives. Remember, God's healing, it may include medicine. It may include other professionals in our lives. Romans 8.28, it promises though, For those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. No matter what we face. We need to be sure we understand God is with us. He's always with us. 
few verses later after that, verses 35 and 37, it says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Church, all I can say is don't limit God. Don't put Him in a box. What you just simply need to do is trust Him. Put your trust in Him and trust Him for your miracle today. Let me just close with this. Many of you remembered Humpty Dumpty, but do you also remember these guys, the Weebles? You remember them? Some of you may be too old to remember them. Some of you are probably too young to remember these guys. But they were these egg-shaped little people, people who did what? They wobbled. They wobbled back and forth. And their slogan was what? Who remembers? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Very good. Yeah. Friends, here's what I need to say. We are not weebles. Okay? We're not weebles. Yes, we will have stumbles. We will have some troubles. We may get bruised up. We may get battered by life. We might have a few scrapes. Maybe for you, it's health issues. Maybe it's financial woes. Maybe it's family squabbles going on in the household. Maybe it's a job loss. It could be many other things. But understand, with Christ, our falls aren't fatal. we got a God with some great super glue. And when we become battered, we can shout to the Lord, I know it was the blood. When we become dismayed, we can sing to the Lord saying, I know it was the blood. When our money is low and we're not sure how we're going to pay the bills, we can sing, I know it was the blood for me. Poor Humpty. Understand, he didn't know Dumpty. He didn't know the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and for me and for him way back on Calvary. This blood, it gives us strength from day to day and it will never lose its power. How do I know? Because it reaches to the highest mountain. And because it flows through the lowest valley. This blood, it gives us strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. Oh, in that midnight hour, when your heart is heavy, the blood, it soothes your doubts. It calms your fears and it dries up all your tears. The blood, it gives strength from day to day. And it will never, ever lose its power. So, what if you have a great fall? Can God, can he reach down? Can he pick you up? Can he fix you up? Can he place you back on the rock to stand? Can God heal you? Friends, all I can say is yes. Yes, God can. Let's pray. I want to thank you for listening to the message today. I pray that this message somehow has touched you and created within you a passion for action for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have any questions or you need to make any decisions or you just need to talk to someone, I encourage you to contact your local pastor. And if you don't have one, if you don't have a local church, you may contact me through the church office at 620-336-2777. We'd love to see you on Sunday mornings in church for our celebration service. It's a great time of fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. Come join us. We know you'll be blessed and thanks again for listening to the Cherryvale First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast and have a blessed day.